Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Guess what? We are officially less than three months away from the release of my new book, Embrace Your Almost. Find clarity and contentment in the in-betweens, not-quites, and unknowns. And you guys... I am so excited. This book comes out on April 5th, and this week we are doing something really special to celebrate being one month closer to the release, and I want you to be a part of it. So here's the deal. If you pre-order a copy of Embrace Your Almost by Monday, January 17th from any retailer, you will get free access to the While You Wait workshop. This is a class I'm hosting, and it's designed to help you actually enjoy your waiting season or your in-between or your unknown rather than just enduring it. Whether you're waiting for marriage, a baby, a job or promotion to work out or healing for the health issues you've been battling or a home of your own or something else entirely, I know from personal experience how hard it can be to wait and how frustrating it is to just feel like you're not quite where you thought you'd be in life by now. But here's the thing. As hard as it is, I truly believe this season presents a unique opportunity that could change everything. And I don't want you to let it pass you by because it just feels like the season's dragging on and on. I want to help you grab hold of that opportunity so that a waiting season doesn't become a wasted season and instead becomes a time of purpose and preparation. And the best part is that your pre-order of Embrace Your Almost counts as a ticket to the workshop so that you don't have to pay for the workshop. So here's how to get free access. First, pre-order a copy of Embrace Your Almost from any retailer if you have not yet done that. Then you'll want to go to the link provided on the signup page, and it's also going to be in the show notes. It's a form where you will upload your proof of purchase. So take a screenshot of your order confirmation from whatever retailer you pre-order from, and then you'll want to upload that to the form provided at the link, or you can just go to bit.ly slash while you wait access, and that will give you uh, the form where you can put your proof of purchase. After you do that, check your inbox for an email and you will receive an access code from us. Take that access code and go to jordanleedooley.com slash while dash you dash wait. Then just click any button on that page to enroll and it will take you to the checkout. Once you're at checkout, enter that access code and it will unlock the workshop for you and you will get free access. This is only available for a few more days though and we have limited spots. So when you're ready, grab a copy of the book and then get yourself signed up. All the links you need are provided in the show notes here. I am so excited to welcome you in. I cannot wait to come alongside of you in this way and encourage and equip you in this season of your life. And you come across information that maybe you didn't know or that you don't care for. Mm -hmm. The worst that can happen is that it confirms your already held beliefs Mm -hmm. and it it gives you a fuller understanding of why it is you believe what you do. That is the worst that can happen is it it gives you more information about maybe what somebody who doesn't agree with you is thinking. Mm Mm-hmm. It it contributes to your intellectual development yes. to understand mo- both perspectives or multiple perspectives on an issue instead of only understanding your own. Mm-hmm. And so to move outside of only understanding your own, 
you have to be willing to hear what other people are saying about an issue, even if you disagree with it. Listening to understand does not obligate you to agree with somebody else's viewpoint. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Sharon, welcome to She. Hey, thank you so much for inviting me. Absolutely. I have been looking forward to this for a long time. I found your, I think, Instagram page toward the end of 2020. And I was like, this is just such a breath of fresh air. I actually had a friend refer me to your page. And ever since then, I'm just, I've loved what you've done. So I'd love if we can start there. Can you share some of your own story? What led you to start Sharon Says So? And how did you get to where you are today now becoming, you know, formally or informally known as America's government teacher? (laughs) Well, you know, I was a government teacher for a long time. So I actually do have some, you know, credentials in Mm -hmm. teaching government. But I love it. My Instagram really started because I saw a lot of people on social media have misunderstandings Mm -hmm. about how things in the government actually work. Specifically, it started with me making a very just kind of nonpartisan, fact-based, informational video about the Electoral College. Mm -hmm. Because it's one of those things that you use... You use it once every four years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't use it, you lose it. Right. So that's really, that was really the genesis. Mm-hmm. You know, like it just, it's all been, it's, it was all a result of that one little video that mm-hmm. I decided to make. Wow. Well, I know so many people have been so drawn to it, especially because you tend to uh, remain bipartisan, which I think most people appreciate. You stay very informational, very, you know, what are the facts? How does this actually work? And, I think that that's a refreshing thing in this world of social media, just because there's so much information and opinions and perspectives and misinformation and all Mm, of the things. mm -hmm, And so I know mm -hmm. it can be so difficult for so many of us to just like weed through and you're just like, here we go, let's keep this simple. And so Mm. I'd love if you could explain, maybe this is something too, because I think in addition to social media, a lot of people are feeling kind of jaded or confused around media Mm -hmm. in general because of biases. And so I'd love Mm -hmm. if you can explain what biases are and what confirmation bias is. Mm, sure. I mean, so everybody has has bias, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody is bias free. Anyone who is like, I have zero bias. It's it, the only way you can have no bias about something is if it is brand new information to mm-hmm. you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So a bias is a shortcut in your brain. A bias is used to help you process information more quickly. Mm-hmm. And then over time, those biases become very deeply entrenched. We attach emotions to them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those biases are harmful. An example of that would be somebody who has developed a bias against somebody of a certain racial group. Mm -hmm. That is actually a harmful bias, a harmful shortcut that your brain has created for you. And then you can work to become aware of that and work to overcome, override those biases that you may have in your brain. But it's good for everybody to just sort of know, hey, this is where I'm coming from. And maybe I need to spend a little bit more time critically examining my currently held position to make sure that I am not just reflexively Mm. defaulting to this bias that I have. Mm. So 
it's it is um, not fair to say that a bias is automatically a lie. We have somehow come to this conclusion, especially when we're talking about American media, that, oh, well, that source is so biased, all they do is lie, mm-hmm. right? I know you've heard people say mm-hmm. something to that effect, right? And that it might be a result of the a certain media source um, not being honest. Mm-hmm. It could also be the result of you not agreeing mm-hmm. <laughs> with the bias that a certain um, story may be displaying. And thus, you don't want to believe it, even mm-hmm. if it is something that is true. So it's that's an important thing to keep in mind, that a bias does not always... It's not always a synonym for a lie. It is the Mm. viewpoint through which somebody is viewing a set of facts. Mm. So one other example of a bias that I can give you is this is, again, not taking an opinion on whether or not, you know, Congress should be spending X amount of money or Y Mm. amount of money. But let's just say, for example, they want to pass this big bill. One, uh, the set of facts might be, here's how much the bill is and here is what the bill is for, Mm -hmm. right? That's your set of facts. Your bias might be how you view that set of facts. Your bias might be, wow, this is a great idea. I love it. Mm -hmm. Or your bias might be, this is a horrible waste of American resources, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Those are the two biases through which you might view a set of facts. The facts are what's in the bill and how much it will cost. Mm. So does that make sense? Yeah. That it's, it is the lens through which you're viewing a set of facts. Yeah, absolutely. That's mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. fascinating. Because I do think that word gets tossed around a lot. Like you said, almost in... Um, almost almost to be made synonymous with, well, therefore they are lying. Um, right. And so that was going to be my follow-up question is how can we spot and just identify biases, especially... Or biases. Is that how you say it? Biases? Biases? I, I don't know. I, okay. Well, I, either way. Those are correct in my mind. I'm not a, I'm not a, a spelling teacher here. But um, yeah, this is... But w- with news sources specifically, I think like you mentioned, people tend to toss that around. How can we spot those and at least know how to identify them so that maybe we don't go immediately to, well, they're lying because I don't like what they're saying. Mm-hmm. But to be able to say like, okay, this is the bias or the perspective that this news source or this outlet or this journalist is writing from so that I can kind of view everything through that lens and understand what lens it is coming from. How do you mm-hmm. spot those? One of the easiest and most simple ways is through the use, their use of adjectives. What Hmm. kind of adjectives are they using? Some news sources are better at overriding their, you know, sort of more intrinsic bias. They're better at using more neutral language. Just going back to the example of, you know, this big, uh, any old bill that might be passing Congress, one side might say a a monster bill is jammed through Congress, mm. right? And those mm. those uses of adjectives help indicate how they feel about that bill. Mm-hmm. Um, and another way you could describe it would be, you know, this helpful bill uh, is passed despite all the obstacles, mm-hmm. you know, overcoming mm-hmm. all the obstacles. Mm-hmm. So adjectives are a big one. And another really big one is how does this headline, how does this article make you feel? Mm-hmm. And they are designed to elicit an emotional response. Mm-hmm. And because that emotional response is what keeps you tuned in, it keeps you 
checking in again. It keeps you watching the story. It keeps you clicking. And if, if there is no emotional hook, there's a little incentive for you to continue engaging, mm. right? So pay attention to how something makes you feel. Are you terrified after reading the headline? That was intentional. Mm-hmm. That was absolutely intentional. Mm. Sometimes fear is warranted. There is a fire outside your house. Mm-hmm. A forest fire is coming to destroy your house. You shouldn't be like, oh, well, yeah. you should be afraid and escape, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like that that fear is meant to, that fear serves a purpose in your brain in mm-hmm. some ways. But what is not healthy is living in that constant state of heightened anxiety, that mm-hmm. constant state of fear. That is not it's not a pleasant way to live. And that's really not how humans are meant to experience their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that actually, I mean, I I think that is so key. And I'm so glad that you said that because I almost think even just knowing like, oh, this headline or this thing that I saw somebody take a screenshot of and share, oh, this news you know, article that just came up on my feed or whatever, like it is meant to bring fear out of me or mm-hmm. meant to bring an emotion so that I react, so that I click, so that I read, so that they, you know. And so almost just having that awareness, almost in my mind, at least for me, sometimes it can be really helpful in avoiding this like downward spiral into anxiety that can happen the second you see something, or at least be more aware of the anxious feelings that are coming up so that you're not just like sucked into it every time you see it. Right. I think just being, you know, that awareness of, mm-hmm. wow, that headline actually did a fantastic job of making me feel really mm-hmm. anxious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and just just naming what it is as like a third party observer, like, wow, that headline writer Great job of bringing the fear this morning. Yeah. yeah. Definitely made me want to click. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I think having that perspective can be so empowering, quite honestly. It's like you get to then start deciding like, am I going to get sucked into this? You know, am I catching myself getting sucked into it? I can, you know, applaud them for doing their job without necessarily jumping into it. So (laughs) yeah, it's so true. I love that. Speaking of that, too, I know it can be so overwhelming when you hear so many and I've gotten, you know, personally, I get DMs about this. And I'm like, I don't know, I'm not a news commentator. I do nothing with politics. But, you know, I I think that so many people, myself included at times, can be so overwhelmed when you hear so many opposing viewpoints, or, Mm. you know, biases or both. And it's like, it can be hard to start even spotting them. How can we know which sources are truly reputable and which are not? Because I think There have been many who have said like so many news sources almost just because they're doing that with their headlines, because they're a business that has to make money too. Like sometimes it's just as like an entertainment source and you're like, okay, what is actually, you know, so I'd love if you can share, how can we navigate all of this information and know which sources are reputable, which, you know, should we, how can we pick out like the important factual information um, Mm -hmm. and and go based off that and then also know which are not factual or which are not reputable. Mm, Sure. Okay. So a couple of things. One is that if you have what a lot of people refer to as a legacy news organization. They have been around for a very long time. They are, an example of this is um, Reuters and the Associated Press. They are the uh, wire sources. Mm -hmm. And so if you go to other 
news sources, let's say you visit Newsmax, you'll notice that Newsmax carries a lot of wire stories. They carry a lot of Reuters and Associated Press stories. And that is because these are large international organizations that have reporters on the ground all over the place who are actually there covering what's happening in X country or Y country, whereas, you know, a more local news source doesn't have the ability to send reporters to every corner of the globe, Mm -hmm. right? They don't Mm -hmm. have reporters that are experts in every single thing. Mm -hmm. So when you have these wire organizations, they are carried by many other news sources, and they are also the basis for a lot of other news sources Mm -hmm. reporting. So those are two that I always sort of, um, you know, they, they have been around for such a long time. Um, because in part they are viewed as reputable. Mm -hmm. So that's one place to start. But another Mm -hmm. thing to look at is, is there consensus among news organizations that this is what was said in this interview, Mm -hmm. or this is what the actual price tag on a certain bill is, or this is the approximate number of people that this is affecting. If you have 10 news organizations saying 100 people were killed in a fire and one news organization saying actually it's 1 million people killed in a fire. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? The, that outlier, like unless they can create some kind of compelling case mm-hmm. for why they are reporting such drastically different numbers about mm-hmm. something, um, that's, that should be a red flag, mm-hmm. right? It should be a red flag if somebody's, somebody's reporting is so vastly different about the facts mm-hmm. than what all of the other, you know, reputable news organizations are coming mm-hmm. from. And so the other thing I would say, though, is to purposely avoid confirmation bias mm-hmm. by reading outside of your quote-unquote, favorite news sources. If you really love reading Newsmax or you really love reading the Washington Times, you love reading more conservative-leading media, Mm -hmm. then make a point of branching out of that just and making sure that you are not being held captive in this, you know, this echo chamber of what you prefer to hear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because just because you prefer it doesn't always mean, and this is true on absolutely on both sides, Mm -hmm. just because you prefer it doesn't mean that it is always accurate. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it's the truth. Mm -hmm. Sometimes what you don't prefer to hear is actually the fact of Mm -hmm. the matter. Mm -hmm. So hold on to your, um, cling to your beliefs in a more, And I don't mean this in the sense of, you know, like your moral compass, but I mean your beliefs about, say, a certain politician or your beliefs about, you know, a certain bill in Congress. Cling to those more loosely and be willing to see the evidence for what it is Mm -hmm. and be willing to change your mind if presented with new and compelling evidence to do so. Yeah, I think and I, I love that you said that because I do think I've noticed a lot in the last, I would say, especially in the last, you know, handful of years, but I think this is just our, our nature in general is we claim we, we connect to something, right, whether that's a politician or an idea or whatever. And not that there's anything wrong with having your convictions. But I think we can almost I've seen this a lot where we almost like, look at a Let's say it's a politician. And almost it's like, well, they can do no wrong. Like they're our mm-hmm. hero. They're our mm-hmm. knight in shining armor. And we right. almost like forget to see the big picture and realize like, okay, I, I appreciate these policies that they hold or these things they may choose or these ideas. But I also fully recognize and see these issues. And so I need to constantly be, you know, 
uh, aware of, am, am I becoming like, they can do no wrong because they, it's so mm-hmm. easy to be going, especially when things become so polarizing, you almost mm-hmm. like run to your opposite ends of camp and you're like unwilling to even entertain the possibility that maybe the other side or another perspective is pointing out something that I do need to be aware of. It may not change my opinion mm-hmm. as a whole, but at least it's opening my mind so that I don't get such tunnel vision or live in an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. And I think that takes a lot of discipline. I'm, I mean, honestly, but yeah, I think it also it helps. Yeah, it helps with the... Uh, with, with the anxiety, I think, kind of what we talked about earlier that can come up when you're grabbed in by these, you know, really triggering headlines or these really compelling or fear-based headlines. But I also think it helps you avoid like this isolation or polarization that can happen and start damaging relationships when you're just so mm. fixated on this is the way, you know. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. and, and I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I think even just what you said, starting with okay, this is the perspective that I tend to prefer or that I naturally gravitate to or that those in my surrounding community gravitate to. So naturally, I tend to claim that to be full, completely true. And that's what those are my only sources. And just having, you know, whether it's other news sources that you just cross check things with or that you gain perspective from, as well as even people who think or see differently than you and just getting their perspective and allowing that to fully inform sometimes I mean, I'm sure you can speak to this too. But I wonder if sometimes doing that can help confirm your your conviction on something in mm-hmm. some ways. And in other times, it can it can challenge your con- your conviction or help you go, well, maybe I'm clinging to that a little too tightly. Maybe I don't have the full information. Mm-hmm. I, I think it is true that if you want to have an educated mm-hmm. opinion on a topic, you need the full breadth mm-hmm. of education. Yeah. And so if you are exploring an idea or exploring the policies of a certain individual mm-hmm. and you come across information that maybe you didn't know or that you don't care for, mm-hmm. the worst that can happen is that it confirms your already held beliefs mm-hmm. and it prov- it gives you a fuller understanding of why it is you believe what you do. Yeah. That is the worst that can happen is it, it gives you more information about maybe what somebody who doesn't agree with you is thinking. Mm-hmm. It, it contributes to your intellectual development yeah. to understand mo- both perspectives or multiple perspectives on an issue instead of only understanding your own. Mm-hmm. And so to move outside of only understanding your own, you have to be willing to hear what other people are saying about an issue, even if you disagree with it. Mm-hmm. Listening to understand does not obligate you to agree mm-hmm. with somebody else's viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so good. And I think we need to hear this a lot, especially in today's culture and today's world and the world of social media and all of that. Did you know that over 80% of grass-fed meat in stores is actually from other countries? Did you know that the product of USA tag has actually kind of been stolen in a way? Here's why. Other countries can actually process their meat here after it has been born, raised, and all the things, and then they can label it like it came from the USA when in reality it did not. Because these labeling laws that favor foreign imported meat, over 100,000 independent American farms and ranches have closed since 2015. But thankfully, I recently discovered a brand called Good Ranchers, and Good Ranchers is here to put American farms first at the dinner table and support the farmers that work to raise the meat we eat. Several months ago, Matt and I learned about Good Ranchers and immediately wanted to give it a try because, one, we loved their mission of supporting local American farms and ranches, and two, we had heard great things about the quality of their meat, their ground beef and chicken and steak and just the high-quality 
product that they offer. And so anyways, we decided to give this a try. Loved it. It's convenient because it shows up to your door every single month. You know you're doing something good to support local farms and ranches or American farms and ranches. And it's an easy way to do that, especially if the whole idea of like, okay, I want to support local farms, but where do I even begin with that? And do I need to join a co-op? And what's a herd share and all the different things that can be a little bit confusing. This is convenient, but super effective way to support local farms and ranches eating the meals you need to be eating anyway. And it's super affordable too. That's a huge thing that I love. So if you want to check this out, if you want to try it, go to goodranchers.com slash Jordan. You can get up to 55% off on different boxes. Those discounts kind of vary depending on the different product, but great discounts just on the product itself. Great prices. Secondly, you'll get free shipping. And if you use my code Jordan at checkout, you'll get an additional $20 off at the checkout. So once you go through the, the order process, you'll see that an additional $20 has been taken off. So great prices, great quality, and a great mission. I had to share it with you. Go to goodranchers.com slash Jordan and use the code Jordan at checkout. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. <laughs> Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. 
Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. And another thing I want to ask about, just kind of as we're talking about even sometimes putting our full trust in something that maybe we don't have full information on or haven't looked into from all sides, at what point do we need to trust experts when they share about their expertise? Or how do we ascertain the facts when we're talking about something that requires training or a degree or a lot of information to really understand completely? I mean, that is really one of the questions of this age, right, is the the role of experts in um, in American culture and world world uh, events. Mm-hmm. And it is one of those things where sometimes we we disagree with what an expert is saying. And so then we begin to question their expertise, mm-hmm. right? We begin to question whether or not this person actually did that training or actually they really know about this thing. And I, I think it is always a good idea to critically examine who your sources are. I think that is, that can't, that can't harm you. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't believe in just blindly um, placing your trust in somebody mm-hmm. because somebody else says you should. Mm-hmm. That Agreed. is, that is something that that's why you have a mind capable of critical thought. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't agree with this idea of just like blind trust. Like, Oh, you have X degree. Okay. I mm-hmm. 100% trust every word out of your mouth. Right. Perfect. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. That said, I also don't think that we should, we as citizens without training, without expertise on whatever topic it is, um, I don't think we should resort to toxic levels of pride Mm -hmm. in substituting our own judgment for something that we actually are unable to evaluate the full the full issue. So for example, I'm not a neurosurgeon. I have no training in neurosurgery. Mm-hmm. You should not trust me mm-hmm. to do your brain surgery. Mm-hmm. Even if I can talk a good game, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You should not trust me because I do not have the expertise. Even if I had a toxic level of pride that could convince you that in fact I did. Mm-hmm. So there is always a balance to be struck. It does not mean that expertise should be villainized. Mm-hmm. Don't you want an expert neurosurgeon? Mm-hmm. Right? You know, like, do you want an amateur neurosurgeon? Mm-hmm. Most people would say no. Mm-hmm. So there is a balance to be struck between evaluating the qualifications of your neurosurgeon, perhaps seeking a second opinion if you need one, but also understanding that you, as a private citizen with no medical training, do not have the ability to just decide one morning to wake up and be a brain surgeon Mm -hmm. with no training Mm -hmm. and no, and no education. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. I think you're right. Like almost the, 
the the I think you're right about like even just with this with striking the balance of I can take what this expert neurosurgeon says, for example, if we're going with that, and chew on it a bit, you know, does does it bring up questions for me? Does something not sit right with me? That doesn't mean that I'm questioning their expertise or doubting that they have the expertise, but does it feel right for what I want them to do to my brain or do I want to get a second opinion? Do I want to go talk to this other neurosurgeon who may have a different methodology or a different viewpoint on, you know, the issue that I may be having? And and evaluate both views and both, you know, sets of expertise, which are ultimately on the same issue, but maybe they just have slightly different ways of doing the surgery, right? Or different different treatment plans or whatever. And I think as a, like you said, as a private citizen, you can make those judgment calls in terms of getting a full scope of information, hearing from different people without necessarily being like, well, I'm the expert now because I don't like what you said, you know? And I think there's, I think there's wisdom in that. I really do. And I think that makes it a little bit a little bit simpler, I guess is the word, when we're trying to find the facts, right? And sift through all this expert information and stuff that we hear all over social media and media and everything else, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. kind of using that lens to evaluate the the decisions we make and the and the trust we put into people, experts or otherwise. I love that. Okay. One other question that I have too, we've been talking about media bias. We've been talking about, you know, how to spot bias that we know how everything from is this an expert I should trust all of that but I would love to know if you have a thought on when there is not bias but when there you know when there's an issue like you said let's go back to the example that you mentioned earlier about if if a hundred source or if a a dozen sources are saying a hundred people died in a fire but one is saying you know a million people died or something like that Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm This kind of brings it all full full circle, but whether it's, you know, a media source reporting on an event like that or reporting what an expert insight is or anything like that, do you think private citizens have a role in holding media accountable, whether whether that's for reporting accurate information, whether that's for providing a variety of perspectives from experts or anything like that? Or is it just like they have their bias, we need to be aware of that, and that's all our responsibility is? I'd love to know what your thought is on these different sources and on these different, you know, media channels and whatnot, as we are trying to ascertain facts and distinguish, you know, (laughs) fact from fiction Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. just bias from the pure fact of the matter. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, if if a news source is in wholesale inventing information, Mm -hmm. you know, like they're saying a million people died when there's absolutely no evidence Mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it absolutely is our job to hold them accountable for that. We can vote with our dollars. We can, you know, raise awareness of an issue. There's a variety of things that citizens can do. Mm-hmm. And also we have to remember that we have to hold ourselves accountable as well. We are accountable for what we post and repost. Mm-hmm. And so if we are, you know, posting and reposting information that that ends up um, being false, Mm-hmm. then we are accountable for that. Mm-hmm. We have to be, we have to take responsibility for what we are putting out into the world. Mm-hmm. So I do think it's important that citizens keep people accountable and keep people honest mm-hmm. because it's, I mean, that transparency is incredibly important, especially when we're talking about people's lives. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about, you know, um, what what color flowers to have in your wedding bouquet. You know what I mean? These are people's lives that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So that kind of transparency um, is important. Mm-hmm. Where are you getting your information from? How what What is making you report that a million people died in a fire? Like what, what is the evidence for that? Mm-hmm. And if they're unable to provide uh, 
reputable, verifiable evidence for a claim that they're making, then it's, it is a wise thing to hold that news source. And again, I'm speaking metaphorically. I don't know if anybody actually reporting a million people dying. Right, you know what right. I'm saying here? Yeah. It is a wise thing to regard their reporting with suspicion. Hmm. That's the wise course of action then to say, I'm suspicious of this. Mm-hmm. Why, where is this coming from? I would like to see what, why you're reporting this information. That is, that is what a person with a good amount of critical thinking should do. Yeah. Yeah. I think it ultimately, I love what you said there too. I think it really boils down to critical thinking. And I think that's something that maybe because we're so inundated with constant information that it's almost like, okay, whatever, we can almost tune out. And Mm -hmm. the the skill of critical thinking, I feel like is more important than ever now at this point. Absolutely. Um, And I mean, even what you said, I think that applies whether some, whether, whether a news source or a journalist or social media channel or anything reports information that doesn't have a lot of evidence to back it up or intentionally tries to avoid certain parts of information to not give the full picture when that's really critical for someone to be able to make a a judgment call or understand the situation. I think I would argue, and I'm sure I wonder if you agree, in both cases, it's it's our job to say like, hey, show us all the information or hey you know that where are you getting that that evidence or what's the evidence for that claim that a million people died in a fire or whatever like mm-hmm. i think in both cases it's equally as important to say i've got to make sure that we're keeping them honest as much as possible yeah well and and also don't underestimate the importance of voting with your money and attention mm-hmm. stop clicking on the stories that you know are fake mm-hmm. Stop clicking on the story that you that is reporting a million people died when you know that's not real, mm-hmm. because that is incentivizing somebody to continue with that behavior. Mm-hmm. Fear, fear sells. Fear makes people a lot of money, mm-hmm. and which is so, crazy to me. <laughs> <laughs> why is it that way? Why is the world the way that it is? <laughs> oh, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've asked that question. Uh, like, why are we the way that we are? I know, truly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is true. Mm-hmm. So stop giving that media source your money mm-hmm. by clicking on their stories because they make money every time you click. And mm-hmm. I, you know, the longer you watch the video, the more you read, the more money they make. Mm-hmm. So vote with your attention and dollars and stop incentivizing that type of behavior. Hmm, That's good. That's really good. Okay. Now I want to ask one more question. We've talked a lot about media and touched briefly on social media, but I'd love if you can share your thoughts on how we can use social media for good. I want to just pivot slightly into the relational side of things, just because I think a Mm -hmm. lot of this can be so polarizing. So first, how can we use social media for good? And why is it not the best source of information? And how do we better control our conversation, not control, but like, I guess, navigate our conversations on social media so that they're healthy and life-giving. And I guess that kind of pivots into my second question, just about conversations with people who disagree with you. I think a lot of those polarizing arguments happen on social media. Not always, they happen in person, but I guess it's just like, how can we use social media for good? And how can we move away from arguments where the aim is to win rather than having conversations where the aim is to understand and find middle ground? Well, I think some of it just begins with your own behavior. Mm-hmm. And holding yourself accountable for the type of behavior that you want to see exhibited in the world. Mm-hmm. If you want there to be less polarization, if you're like, oh my gosh, the world has never been more fractured than it is now. What, mm-hmm. what are we going to do? Stop contributing to it. Mm-hmm. Stop contributing to it by 
arguing with people online. Stop contributing to it by voting with your clicks, time, and attention mm-hmm. on the media sources that are contributing to the incredible polarization. Mm-hmm. Start with yourself. It is always easier to want to start with other people. Mm-hmm. It is always easier to want to blame. But we have to begin with ourselves because it is we are the only people we can control. So we have to be willing to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. We have to be willing to stop sliding into people's DMs with insults and with telling people that they are um, mm-hmm. that they're crazy, insane, mm-hmm. stupid, an idiot, whatever. We need to hold ourselves mm-hmm. accountable for that. So that mm-hmm. it begins there. Yeah. Um, and then it, it continues with with choosing how we want to, what kind of change we want to see in the world. If our goal is to encourage people, then it's important that that is what we're putting out out there. If mm. our goal is to offer people clarity, peace, hope, um, business ideas, workout tips, like whatever it is that we feel are, are, is our centered mission, Mm -hmm. then work by promoting what you love instead of constantly digging on what you hate. Mm -hmm. Because those constant, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that X person said Y thing. The world is ending. Mm -hmm. That is actually not being the change you want to see in the world. Mm -hmm. If what you want to see is less polarization, fewer fractured relationships, more wholeness, more peace, more joy, more kindness, more love, more hope, then if that's what you want to see, then that is what you also need to start putting out into the world. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Mm -hmm. And I even think trying to as much as possible, like you said, well, first of all, again, it brings me back to the question, like, why is the world the way that it is? Why do we send DMs (laughs) that are like that? Who does that? I don't understand. Um, Like, I can understand being frustrated, but I just don't understand the lack of discipline to be like, I'm just going to exit off here and go do something else. But it happens. We have emotions behind our views. We have emotions behind things that are important to us. And mm-hmm. I think just what you just what you touched on with that is like starting with yourself and trying to I mean, I'm sure that this is something you would resonate with as well, but or or second as well. But even just saying, like, I'm going to try to keep those conversations in healthy formats, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. often Absolutely. like in person, because I'm a lot less likely to be like, you're so stupid in person, right? Like, right, right. Or, or over the phone. And so allowing your voice to be a part of it and, and seeking to understand, you know, I was talking with a friend of mine not too long ago, and we have very different views on a, on a few certain issues. And we are great friends. And we, mm-hmm. we express to each other like our clear disagreement or our clear views on certain things. And she was like, you know, this is so refreshing in a world that is so like, almost like you disagree with me, we're not friends anymore. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think that that discipline or that way of how you would converse with somebody on the phone or in, over coffee like needs to translate to social media so much more. And it starts with each individual. You can't stop somebody from sending you a message, but you can stop yourself from sending the message. And I think mm-hmm. or from, you know, reposting something that you're not sure is accurate. And that takes some willpower. That takes some discipline. That takes some like breaks. And I think the less we and I don't know if you th- if you think this is true as well, but I think the less we. Uh, I don't know if the word is like live on social media because it's like it's a great resource. There's a lot of helpful things that come from it, right? So I'm not demonizing yeah. it. And I think that's something we tend to jump to. It's like, oh, it's bad. It can be so negative. But I think it's a great tool. But almost just having your healthy boundaries on it too can help prevent those emotional decisions from happening so quickly. Yeah. Well, also, you know, it, let's say you're going to a, a, let's say you're visiting a therapist mm-hmm. and you're like, wow, this person in my life tells me regularly how stupid I am 
and tells me that I'm an idiot and what a horrible disappointment I am. That therapist would, what would their advice be? Would their advice be spend a lot more time with that person? Right. You know what I mean? Would their would their advice be really lean into those feelings, embrace that you're an idiot, you know, but go with what they say, substitute their judgment for your own. Of course not. That's ridiculous, right? We all know that a therapist would say, it's not healthy for you to spend your time with them. It's not healthy for you to um, engage in those conversations in which you are being degraded. And so I also think it's important that we we structure our boundaries on social media around what is actually healthy in human relationships and it is healthy and normal to disagree on things in fact it's actually really boring if we all agree Mm -hmm. that's actually Mm -hmm. super boring yeah um i actually love hearing people's perspectives that are different than my own Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean i am obligated to agree but i'm like huh i had not thought of it that way at least Mm -hmm. i can learn something yeah but what i'm not obligated to do and what you're not obligated to do what nobody listening is obligated to do is endure the abuse of a stranger Mm. or the abuse of a friend mm-hmm. frankly it's we're not obligated to be be informed that we're a hideously ugly idiot mm-hmm. in the name of quote unquote you know trying to hear the other side mm-hmm. you, know, you know what i mean like mm-hmm. again going back to that balance of knowing when it is safe to have those kind of conversations with somebody mm-hmm. and knowing when you need to just like exit out of mm-hmm. a of an interaction you can't be everything to all people and you do have to accept that there are people who won't like you and that you won't uh, that will not resonate with your message and that mm-hmm. is the nature of humanity yeah Um, But it also doesn't mean that you have to just like let people abuse you on the internet because you're trying to overcome polarization. Like, you know what I mean? There's, there's a balance there. Totally. Yep. I think you're right. And I love that um, analogy that you gave. Like if you were sitting in your therapist's office and this was happening in your real life, how would, how would they tell you to respond? Because I do think that a lot of times, I don't know, I think we sometimes struggle to translate things from like real life experiences into the digital world at times. Mm -hmm. And so just having a real parallel experience really does help. Yeah, I love that. I really, honestly, I just appreciate um, a lot of what you've shared here. Everything from understanding how to spot bias, how to read headlines in a way that doesn't send us down a downward spiral into anxiety (laughs) to, you know, understanding when is the time to trust experts? How do we, you know, get a full information or, you know, a full picture of information? And how do we get outside our little bubbles to see the full view and really make an informed decision on where we stand and not just a, a... quick emotional or biased opinion, um, as well as, you know, holding the media accountable and learning and knowing just how can I take a few steps to use social media, which has honestly become such a news source for so many people. I feel like most people get their news now from social media more so than television um, Mm -hmm. in so many ways. And so just learning how do we even begin to use that effectively in this polarized environment we tend to live in both in real life and online. So all of that said, we've covered so much and it's so good. And I think we need to hear this. I think so many young women are feeling, I mean, the majority of my listeners on this podcast are women in their 20s and 30s and into early 40s and just feeling like, what do I even do with all of this? And where do Mm -hmm. I begin? And I'm just so overwhelmed. It's almost like so tempting to just say, forget it. I want to go live in the forest. (laughs) And sometimes it's okay to go do that for a little while. But I think you've given us a really great guideline here. And it's just, it's so appreciated. It feels so calm and so practical and doable without feeling like, the intense anxiety or emotion or even just 
conflict. I think that can come up around mm. any of this stuff. And so mm-hmm. I just really appreciate your voice online. I appreciate everything that you've shared here. I appreciate all the advice you've given. Can you tell us where my listeners can learn more from you and resources you have if they want to learn more about how the heck does the government work and is what I'm believing accurate and where do I start with mm. all of this? I'd love if you can just share where to find you and where to learn more. Yeah, that's so kind. Thank you so much. Um, my Instagram account is just Sharon says so. And I have a podcast that's called the Sharon says so podcast. And the podcast is really a mixture of sort of those mind blown brain tingle moments where you're like, I did not know that that was a thing. Mm. I love to learn that kind of stuff, those little history tidbits, um, things that have happened in the world. And then it's also, you know, interviews with people who I feel like are walking the walk and not Mm. just talking the talk, Mm. which I, you know, I know that you resonate with too, that like who is actually out here doing their best Mm -hmm. to create positive change in the world. So yeah, I love my it. Instagram account and my podcast would both be great places to visit. I love it. Well, I listened to a couple of your first episodes and I was just so entertained and informed at the same time. I love it. So if you guys love oh. interesting, fun facts, stories, things that you didn't know and all sorts of other uh, information regarding even just what we talked about, be sure to check her out on her podcast and Instagram. Sharon, thank you so much for being here. It's been such a gift. Mm. Oh, I loved it. Thank you. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu accreditation.